This podcast is recorded on stolen and unceded Aboriginal land. We acknowledge the First Nations and elders of this country and we join their calls for justice. Yas, Queen. New ally just dropped. Yas. Who? Pauline Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Comrade Hanson is joining the fight. Oh, what's she done? She gay? She come out? She she's a, she could be a gay icon. Pauline Pantsdown certainly a gay icon. And mm, now maybe true. the real thing as well. Okay. In a surprising turn, One Nation leader Pauline Hanson slammed a Sydney Catholic school for banning students from bringing their same-sex part, same partners to the Year 12 formal. Around 4,900 people signed a change.org petition by Abby Franklin, a student of St Ursula's Kingsgrove, New South Wales. Ew. Um, Ew. St Ursula's. Franklin was calling out the discrimination policy after she found out she could not take her girlfriend to the Year 12 formal. Hanson, who has a history of anti-LGBTQI statements, to to put it mildly, voting against marriage equality and introducing anti-trans motions in Parliament, was an unlikely critic of the Catholic school's policy. What? What? I can't see any problem with it. With it, I can't really. What do is it. that? I can't see I any like problem it. with it. I'm, I'm with it. I You're can't right? see yeah. any problem with it. We allowed same-sex marriage in Australia. That was vote. I can't do it either. Why can't I do it? <laughs> All I can say is I don't like it. We've allowed. Apply. We've allowed same-sex marriage in Australia. That was voted on in a plebiscite by the Australian people. We actually see it on a daily basis on our TV programs. <laughs> watch. It's a part of life. So I think to deny these two girls to go to the formal is ridiculous. How was that? Slay queen, yes. <laughs> and, then she, and then she said, I think that St. Ursula's policy should sashay away. <laughs> <laughs> what is right? this? Is she trying to shore up the queer know. vote or something? Like she trying to win them back after kicking I out Mark like- Latham for being a homophobic piece I of shit? I think they are. Like they're getting increasingly irrelevant. Maybe she's like, what if we, okay, hear me out. They're in the end meeting and she's like, hear me out, hear me out. I'm looking at our numbers and I'm seeing yeah. some potential growth areas the gay gays. racist. The That's what I want. Are we, we've got to go for the ga- All those yes. people have voted yes to marriage equality but voted but no, to, no the voice. to the voice. We've really got to get them. Yeah, actually. I mean, more people voted yes to marriage equality than no to the voice. So that's right. Maybe she's yes. looking at that intersection and that is their new target <laughs> demographic. We've cracked it. Her chief of staff, James Ashby, is a gay man and he's still she, – she's stuck by him through – Thick and thin, thick and even thin through all to his put it alleged mildly, financial and corruption, corruption scandals, yes. and yeah. Hmm. Yes, Pauline. Yes. Someone should do Pauline Hanson on Snatch Game on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think that would oh, be that, that would be good. Talk about the Greens, that bunny, that bunch of idiots. ACT Greens leader Shane Rattenbury has called on the Prime Minister to enter into a formal coalition with the Greens. That would be scary, scary stuff. We're stuck with the hosts of Chapo Shithouse podcast. Serious danger to Australia. Well, let's do a podcast. Yeah, I think I introduced this last time. You haven't done it for a while. Go on. Hi, this is Serious Danger, a podcast about Greens politics in Australia. I'm Tom Ballard. I'm gay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Emerald Moon. Uh, This is not an official Greens Party podcast. It's made possible with the help of the Green Institute and produced by Michael the Griff Griffin. I have a disclosure that I would like to make to our listeners that Mm -hmm. I don't think I've formally made yet, and I feel it's important for me to make this disclosure. Uh Uh-oh. You're gay? (laughs) Uh, I'm no longer a renter. I, with the very generous help of a family member, am now the owner of a little unit, which means we have no renter representation on this podcast, except for Mike as our producer. 
So Mike will be holding us to account, yes. ensure, you know, checking our, our hormonal bias. Mm. Um, but I thought it's relevant given that, you know, what we're going to be talking about this week, we're talking to also another homeowner, Geordie Vandenberg, a.k.a. Pur- Purple Pingers, who does the shit rentals TikTok reviews and also just launched the shitrentals.org website uh, about shit rentals. <laughs> and we're also, before that, we're, we're checking in on the latest horrors coming out of Israel's war on Gaza and the West Bank and just the really shit house fucking cowardly responses to it from the West. Cowards! Cow- sure from are. the West, including goddamn Australia. Including oh, yeah, very much Australia. Absolute- Worst worst responses and moves I've seen thus far. Yeah. We want to say a huge thank you to people who support the show via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Serious Danger AU for just three bucks a month. You can uh, get all the bonus content. We record uh, an extra episode of the podcast every fortnight. Um, some people pay more than three bucks because they're very, very nice. And that just <laughs> helps us cover the costs and uh, doesn't go towards our mortgages, which we have. No, it's not funding our mortgage. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you to Riley, Ebony, Rohan, Daniel, Jellybean. Simon, Gil, and Daniel. Another Daniel. I think there's two of them. Uh, thank two you very Daniels. much. Please support mm. the show if you can. We appreciate it very much. Also, if you'll indulge me, cheeky Melbourne plug, I am emceeing the Green Left Weekly Comedy Debate on Friday, oh, debate. November the 10th. Yeah. What are you debating? Well, the topic is we should welcome our new AI overlords. I'm, I'm the you- MC. So oh, I'm you're not for so or against? Yes, I'll just be uh, hosting it, doing a few jokes. Okay. Crowbarring some existing material. I assume it's a clapometer or something. It's a bunch of socialists, so there'll be some long democratic process to argue <laughs> They the have to the actually case. reach consensus yes. at the end of the debate. <laughs> um, but it's a fundraiser for the Green Left Weekly who do fantastic work. You know, leftist, actually, you know, one of the few independent leftist media outlets in this country. They do wonderful stuff. Great comedians on the bill. It should be a bunch of fun. If you're in Melbourne, Friday, November the 10th, please, we'll put the linking, uh, the booking for the link for booking tickets into the show notes. Mm. Or you could come to the Better Melbourne show, which is our live show on Saturday, November the 18th, celebrating 100 episodes. Check if there's still tickets available because they are actually selling fast. The link's all there at seriousdangerpod.com um, and we'd love to have you there. Selling like vegan hotcakes. Sure. <laughs> That's the kind of comedy you'll be getting at the comedy Great. debate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I can tell you that we are not targeting anyone else in Gaza but civilians. Hamas is cynically, uh, but rather, but rather uh, uh, terrorists, of course. All right, let's chat about what is happening in Gaza and the West Bank as Israel keeps doing its thing. As always, the disclaimer, this is being recorded on the morning of Friday. Uh, what is it, November the 3rd? Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, things may well change by the time you hear this. But mm. Jesus Christ, it's been a horrific week. Um, as the past couple of weeks have been. The indiscriminate slaughter and ethnic cleansing of Palestinians by Israel has been continuing the whole time. Right now, the Israel military has invaded Gaza. It's currently claiming to have Gaza City surrounded. And an IDF spokesman has said the prospect of a ceasefire is not on the table at all. Great. Not even on the table. Fantastic. So more killing to come. Gaza health authorities say Israel has killed at least 9,060 people in this siege thus far. That includes more than 3,700 children. That does not include the more than 100 people killed in the West Bank as Palestinians there are facing increasing violence from settlers. Settlers in the West Bank, they're illegally, of course, mm. and they just hand out guns to settlers. They just like hand out arms and everything. And we're just seeing, yeah, more than 1,000 people being um kicked out, being forced to relocate out of their homes in the West Bank. Yeah. 
Seven UN special rapporteurs said in a statement this week that the Palestinian people are at grave risk of genocide as feud for fuel, drinking water, and medicine run out in the territory. Now, some people have certainly gone further than that and say that what we're witnessing is a genocide genocide. happening Mm. right now in real time. Uh, This week there was an almost total communications blackout in Gaza, truly terrifying. The IDF were talking about invading and then also like all the internet shut down and all communications shut down, which must have been truly horrific. I think terrifying. Yeah, for people, family members there. Yeah. Um, those are slowly coming back online now, I believe. But yes, real blackout that was horrific. We've seen journalists and their families being killed mm. indiscriminately. And perhaps most egregiously, in the middle of this week, we saw Israel repeatedly bomb the densely populated Jabalaya refugee camp, killing an estimated 195 Palestinians. The IDF said, no, this is fine and good because they killed a very senior Hamas commander in that one. area. Just one. Even single- if true, just one. Yeah. Hamas commander. That's still, I mean, the IDF says it's confirmed, but I don't know if it's still actually been actually confirmed. And of course, there was heaps of like tunnels underneath this refugee camp that mm. Hamas uses, and it's all military mm. and legitimate. And that justifies type. it. Did you see? I think Rachel Withers from the from the monthly had had posted like, would the justification that there was this commander hiding, mm. or even just that in general, Hamas was was hiding in civilian areas in the US, would that justify bombing US civilian pop- populations? Yes. And and someone was like, what a ridiculous comparison. And it's like, why? Why, why exactly is that a ridiculous comparison? Because Palestinian lives matter less to you than US lives, <laughs> you know? The ABC 730 had former Israeli PM Ehud Olmert on the, on the show to discuss the attack. Does Israel make a calculation as to how many innocents it's prepared to kill to take out one Hamas commander? First of all, I'm not certain that uh, uh, so many uh, innocent civilians were killed yesterday. It was a headquarter of uh, Hamas, and everyone present there was part of Hamas and the uh, uh, fighting group of Hamas. They were killed, but they were not innocent civilians to start with. Every, <laughs> like, that's just a lie. That's just a lie, and that's genocidal language. And, and, and this justification that, yes, anyone that dies is either supportive of Hamas, you know, an actual Hamas operative, or Hamas is responsible for their deaths because they were mm-hmm. using them as human shields as Israel just rains rocket fire down on these people on a fucking refugee camp, for yeah. God's sakes. The ABC then posted that just that clip to social media, yeah. no clarification or pushback, and you and they turned the comments off. Yeah, cool, great, love that our you know publicly funded, taxpayer funded, fucking public broadcaster is broadcaster. doing that. And you're seeing, and you're seeing this, and when we talk about genocide language, like it's becoming so much more apparent because people will point to the fact that. Palestinian people support in opinion polls Hamas or like Hamas enjoys some support amongst Palestinian mm. people as an example. They don't that have therefore, a government. They don't they have don't a military. Have a government. They're the only people that sort of are doing anything about like re- trying to resist uh, Hamas in some yeah. serious way because all other avenues have been shut down for fuck's sake. Yeah. And they use this as a justification saying, well, no, these, 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 no one is innocent that are getting hit by these bombs because they all support Hamas. Who then want to, who want to wipe out the, the state of Israel and have no other ambitions or hopes for their future and for peace? We could just kill them all, and it's all justified. There was a, a quote from a particularly, you know, explicitly fascist member of the Knesset saying, "You know, um, the Palestinian children 
shouldn't have been born to terrorists, basically. Sort of thing. Right. This is, this is their fault. Right. <laughs> this is your brain on Zionism. I would yeah. Argue. Like this is yeah. What yeah. Israel constantly claims to be warning people and telling people to move mm. south to safety. People are doing that, and then hey, yeah. guess what? They're still getting bombed and killed. Yeah, yeah. The fucking gaslighting. Like, we tried. It's not our fault. Bullshit. Have you been seeing anything else sort of come through this week or feeling things or what what have you been seeing in your in I mean, keeping an eye on this week? Yeah, it's just bleak in general. I, I think one thing I found really interesting, I don't know if other people saw this doing the rounds this week. Um, my friend Mitch, shout out Mitch, sent me a video by Richard Medhurst, who's an independent journalist, talking about like the economic drivers behind what Israel is doing in Gaza um, and particularly like the gas drivers and how Israel has been trying to, I guess, systematically cut off other supply, um, other supplies of gas to Europe, you know, Mm. Europe in particular experiencing gas shortage as is the world, particularly following Russian invasion of Ukraine and Mm. Israel in the last few years has been really trying to expand its presence in the global gas market, um, both for domestic use and, and for export. And there have been huge amounts of gas reserves identified in Gaza. And there'd been like some agreement with the Palestinian Authority to share profits from gas exploration and and, and exports in the region. But it would be a whole lot better if they could literally just wipe out the entire Palestinian population, seize control entirely of Gaza uh, and exploit those gas reserves for their own benefit. Um, And it seems as though, yeah, potentially part of the resistance, you know, part of the attacks from Hamas may have been motivated by this economic conflict uh, and even the fact that you know one of the ports that's that's been affected or is, is on the coast of, of Israel uh, that exports gas is part owned by Adani like it the video makes the point that yes this is ethnic cleansing and it is partially motivated by Israel being a racist state that uh-huh. you know believes that Palestinian lives matter less but there are as almost always also these fucking like evil economic capitalist drivers behind mm. this kind of violence and, you know, indiscriminate killing. Jesus, one of the most maddening um, critiques or this suggestion that uh, there's some quote of like, you know, Palestine could have been the Hong Kong of the Middle East or some, or, or, the, or Singapore mm. of the Middle East. Like they're like, hey, Israel withdrew, you know, 15 years ago and the Palestinians yeah. haven't done anything with Gaza and like they've never <laughs> even created or economically developed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like yeah. this complete ignorance and dismissal of the conditions under which people in Gaza and the West mm-hmm. Bank live and the idea that you can seriously judge or critique as if they were just – Israel, Israel just said, "Go for it, guys. Mm. You know, build up whatever kind of economic capacity that you that you want. We're we're cool with that as we blockade supplies and a whole bunch of things coming into into this region, control basically your lives completely. But yeah, yeah. No, go for it. Develop. Yeah, it. yeah. Build, I'm also do some startups, Gaza. Yeah, come on. yeah. I'm reading. I mean, I'm also reading um, a book that I'd put on hold as a new book. I'd put on hold even before this all kicked off. Um, but the Palestine Laboratory by Anthony right. Lowenstein, which yep. yeah, discusses a lot of the the technologies, the ways that the state of Israel tests uh technologies of oppression and occupation in Palestine and then exports them to the world. And it really kind of lays bare the the kind of conditions that Palestinian people live under and the level of of surveillance and oppression mm. is just staggering so yeah those kinds of arguments are just so fucking disingenuous 
Yeah. There's a classic one there of people say, why are you always worried about Israel-Palestine? Like, shouldn't you be worried about, you know, the racist police violence in America? And people go, the ADF literally trains American police mm-hmm. officers IDF, like, with their yeah. tactics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ADF, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was also an insane document that sort of came out this week, this document proposing moving Gaza civilian population to tent cities in northern Sinai, like this is a plan to, to mm. literally athletically cleanse Gaza. Yeah. This came out um, through an unidentified humanitarian corridor. Details, details. Mm. But, um, yeah, Netanyahu's office was like, oh, it's just hypothetical. We were just kicking around ideas. We were just. Yeah, we were just spitballing. We had had some butcher paper out and we were like, what if? What if if we did a genocide? I'm just throwing things. Nothing. They were like, you know, nothing. No bad ideas. Everyone go for it. Um, there's also been rising social tensions across the world. And, you know, look, I mean, the did you see this story about the Dagestan airport? This um, No. This is in Russia. There's a mob of people running through the airport looking for passengers from a recent flight from Tel Aviv, okay, and they were shouting just clearly anti-Semitic stuff, literally saying, mm. where are the Jews, where are the Jews? It was it's horrific. And, and yeah. there's undoubtedly been, been anti-Semitic violence and anti-Semitic hate speech on the rise, as has there been um, Islamophobic bigotry. Um, the smearing of anybody who attends a pro-Palestine march in solidarity with an oppressed people, anyone, you know, this criminalization of phrases like from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. The suggestion that waving a Palestine mm. flag is anti-Semitic or somehow yeah. endorses Hamas or terrorism or anything rather than just simply show, <laughs> saying Palestinian people are people, are human beings with rights and they deserve to live free and decent lives. Mm. And and what is truly sick is using an example like what happened in that airport as this this anti-Semitic incident as an example of or as a justification for a reinforcement of the state of Israel's war crimes against the people of Palestine in yeah. the West Bank. Yeah. Don't worry, though, the West is doing really good stuff to make sure that everything's going to be fine. Uncle of old grandpa President Joe Biden has suggested a humanitarian pause in the Gaza fighting to let in aid for Palestinians isn't that, and let out more foreign nationals. Isn't that exactly what did Penny Wong? Oh, no, uh, Monique Ryan said humanitarian pause. This is the new phrase now. This yeah. is doing the rounds. Everyone loves a pause. Yeah. We're crazy about pauses. Pause. We love a humanitarian pause. Mm. Now, can we talk about how what fucking happens after insane the pause? this is? What happens after the pause, guys? A pause to bring in humanitarian aid. That then ends, you resume the violence mm. that requires more aid and medicine. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Just a break, know. a break in between the war crimes and the killing innocent people. Yes. Yeah. Let's bomb a refugee like, camp. Everyone okay, needs then, to rest okay, up. Everyone's yeah. sending the band-aids. Okay, and then let's just bomb it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's like is is um Penny Wong also saying this? They've basically called for a pause, yes, and mm-hmm. this focus on securing the Rafa crossing to get people out of Gaza. Yeah. There have been Australians um, evacuated out of Gaza and there has been an increased level of humanitarian aid to Gaza. Again, whether or not he can actually get access to it is, is an open question. Mm. Um, on Thursday, Foreign Minister Penny Wong said Israel must observe the rules of war, warning that the international community will not accept ongoing civilian deaths, which is like, you well, do. It, you it are. Will. You currently are. You're currently You're accepting, accepting 9,000 deaths. So I don't know what figure you're after there, Penny, when you say, okay, that actually enough's enough. Um, very yeah. hard to tell. Well, I mean, but thank God we've got Albo as PM, right? Because I've seen that speech that he gave about Palestine and, you know, how it must be free and, and all that, right? So he at least is fighting for Palestinian people and for this violence to end, I imagine. 
Nope. What, is he, was he one of the founding members of Parliamentary Friends of Palestine? Was he? Was that the report? I, I believe that's know. right. And yeah. again, I think Sky News was circulating footage this week of him at a at a pro Palestine uh, rally. Now, of course, Sky News presents that being like, "Look at this fucking yeah. crazy radical! What a, a you know, what a terrible guy!" You know, everyone on the left or progressive people give a shit about Palestine are like, "Oh God, you used How to sad. be vaguely good." Yeah. Why isn't that guy prime minister? And, and I think someone commented, I saw, like, oh, it's a shame this guy never became prime minister. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we don't give much of a shit in Australia, apparently. Australia abstained from voting on a call for an immediate humanitarian truce between Israeli forces and Hamas militants in Gaza at the UN General Assembly on Saturday. The non-binding resolution, why? why, yeah. To pave the way for a ceasefire passed with 120 countries in support, 14 countries against, and 45 abstaining, including Australia. Uh, the US Fucking voted weak. no, as did Israel. We'll be, we'll be pleased to mm. know. <laughs> Australia's ambassador and permanent representative to the United Nations, James Larson, told the Assembly Australia abstained with disappointment. Oh. It's hard, disappointing. Hmm. The resolution did not recognise terror group Hamas as the perpetrator of the 7th October attack, and Australia again explicitly calls for the immediate and unconditional release of hostages. So they're saying they would have supported it if it had also condemned Hamas, basically. Is that... I- Yes. Mm, for fuck's sake, get real. I mean, the I, I assume you can't call for the immediate unconditional release of hostages and also call for a ceasefire in, in their brains or they can't justify it from their point of view because I guess they they think that this indiscriminate bombing has really something to do with the release of the hostages. Yeah, We've right. seen negotiations in Qatar releasing hostages. Um, we've also, you know, had hostages say, please stop bombing. Uh, Gaza indiscriminately, mm. you may kill some of these fucking hostages. What the mm-hmm. hell are you doing? Yeah. Maybe suggest some dipl- diplomatic routes to secure the release of the hostages. No, no, no. And, yes, maybe you may need to have some conditions on releasing hostages, i.e. Mm. releasing the thousands of people that are held in administrative <laughs> detention in Palestine, including women and children. Yeah. Okay. People being held without charge uh, thanks to the Israeli states mm. cracking down on, on Palestinian people. I don't know. Mm. Mr. Larson also echoed the sentiments of Foreign Minister Penny Wong, who released a statement that included the strongest wording yet in relation to the limits of the conflict. The way Israel chooses to defend itself matters. We can confirm Israel's right to defend itself while also saying that it ma- the way it does so matters. And this is a wonderful line. Penny Wong's clearly a very big fan of. They love yeah. doing this out. They oh, can really defend themselves, matter. but it matters yeah. how they defend themselves. How does yeah. it matter? Because if you actually don't, want there to be any consequences for how they defend themselves. Yes. Exactly how does it matter? Makes you feel a bit more guilty? Yes. Makes (laughs) us feel bad. Makes us look bad. So Mm. if they could just keep a keep a lid on the civilian deaths Mm. and the killing children, that'd be that'd be actually really great for us. Mm. Opposition leader Peter Dutton has criticized the government for abstaining from that vote. Uh, he said that uh, the Prime Minister was weak for doing so from so he he wasn't happy with abstaining. Uh, Greens leader Adam Band also criticised the government's UN vote abstention, but for different Unity principles ticket. than Mr. Dutton. <laughs> Unity ticket, LNP Greens team up. The no alition. <laughs> the no alition, yeah. Except Dutton actually wanted to vote yes and we wanted him to vote. Uh, right, uh, right. No, Dutton wanted him to vote no and we wanted him to vote yes. They absolutely should have voted yes. I mean, look, yeah. there's an argument that, you know, it did vote overwhelmingly. It did get to part because it's a and non-binding resolution. Yeah. It doesn't sure. do anything. Uh, Adam Bant said the government should have voted in favour of a ceasefire. Mr Bant said in a statement, Labor cannot wash its hands of what happens now by failing to back a ceasefire and continuing to improve defence exports to Israel, which is also what we're doing. Labor shares responsibility for the unfolding catastrophe in Gaza. 
absolutely correct. And mm-hmm. once again, I am very grateful that there is someone at the federal level in a party that is not consumed with bloodlust and actually means what they say and is prepared to stick their neck out and say, we need to stop killing people right now. That's mm. the only moral position to take. Yeah. And the idea that this violence can continue with no further repercussions is is disgusting. I, I don't know how these people live with themselves. It's, yeah. It's fucking horrific. We also had six former Australian prime ministers, okay, all the living ones except for one, Paul Keating, who I got to mm. say, go off king. Yeah. Uh, they released a big old statement. Did you have you read the statement? I haven't read the what? statement. I saw that Paul Keating didn't sign it. I was like, okay, good on you, Paul. And then I moved on. Why don't you care what John Howard, Kevin Rudd, Julia Gillard, Tony Abbott, yeah. Temple, and Scott Morrison think? Believe it or not, I do not give a shit. Six former prime ministers made unprecedented intervention in the Israel-Hamas conflict, issuing a joint statement after declaring there is no more tenaciously evil race hatred than anti-Semitism. Well, I guess. I why, mean, wait. Why is that the most tenaciously evil race hatred? Like, isn't all race hatred All the race hatreds are evil? really bad, guys. They're really bad. Why that's bother quite, making them? That's a fucking weird thing to say. I mean, acknowledging the history, the particular history sure. of anti-Semitic Maybe it's, is just yeah, truth. It's very tenacious. I guess that's fine. true. Tenacious, I guess. But, yes, this, this again, this ranking, and we saw this in the UK during the anti-Semitism scandal that sort of consumed the Labor Party mm. um, when Jeremy Corbyn was the leader. You know, lots of reports saying that there is this hierarchy of racisms within mm-hmm. the party. Like anti-Semitism is the worst one. It's Islamophobia, the, yeah. not so much. No important. Like just pointless. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the letter is mainly focused on uh, social cohesion here in Australia. I mean, like we should all get along, and you know, anti-Semitism is bad, and anti-you know, Islamophobia is bad, and we can't let this conflict over here divide us here. Okay, but. There are also some pretty big disclaimers. We believe we speak for the vast majority of Australians of all faiths and of none when we say we stand in solidarity with Jewish Australians at this time. I mean. Okay. Okay. Likewise, we stand too with Australian-Palestinian community whose families are dying and suffering in this terrible conflict. They're dying. They're not being killed. They're just dying. It's kind of weird. It's this weird Mm. thing that sort of happened. (laughs) They too deserve our love and support. Thanks, Scott. What? Yeah, like, what does that mean? Why bother? It then goes on to say that they they condemn the Hamas atrocities. Of course, they say that Hamas want Israel to invade and bomb Gaza. Okay, uh, so it's okay, sure. So it's like, well, uh, yeah, a whether that's true or not. I mean, you could foresee a violent uh, uh, military response from Israel after those attacks. I think Hamas could easily foresee that. Whether they want that to happen. Where they want Palestinians to die is a big claim. Very, but more importantly, if you actually believe that, then you should call for a ceasefire because yeah. then you're doing then, exactly what Hamas wants yes, to do. Right? That's a really fucking good point. <sighs> On the battlefield in Israel and Gaza, we do not presume to give strategic advice to Israel. Heaven, strategic advice being stop killing innocent kids, maybe. But the legitimate object of defeating Hamas must be accompanied by support and protection for the civilian population of Gaza. Israel promises it will do all it can to avoid civilian casualties. We urge it to do so with all of its humanity and skill. Ah, It's such a humanitarian and skillful nation. It will surely do everything it can to avoid impacting civilians, to avoid civilian casualties. Yeah, and why so would you think that? that? Look at point me to one piece of evidence that the Israel military isn't using all <laughs> mm. its humanity and skill. I can't think of any. I don't know. It's probably just Hamas propaganda. If so, 
fucking clip. Like, I mean, I know, you know, it's not like Gillard and Rudd are supposed to be some um, incredible heroes of progressivism. We know this. But what the fuck are they thinking? Yeah. Co-signing any statement on this conflict alongside the racist fuckhead dinosaurs yeah. of Howard and Abbott and This Morrison is your brain on major party politics, though. Like, it truly is. This is just how they, they're like, you know what I can do? Just put politics aside and both sides it while people are being fucking murdered. Not even, I mean, not even really both sides. I mean, at the end, at this point, if you're not calling on Israel to enact a ceasefire, mm. you are, you know, I mean, and it's very explicitly in that letter, like, we're on board Israel and, and, yeah. and the Jewish. And yeah, the, the, what we We are um, equating them with the Jewish people, right? We're standing in support with Jewish people. Therefore, we pretty much give Israel carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want. And we might make some very weak noises about humanitarian law and urging them to show restraint, but we don't actually mean any of that. If any mm. of that's put to the test. Then we don't Meanwhile, really like, yeah, standing in solidarity with the Jewish community, it has been incredible to see so many, you know, protests from Jewish groups like, is it Loud Jew Collective yeah. that did the protest at Richard Marle's office, yeah. the defence yeah. minister, uh, and, yeah, did a sit-in basically. They were singing peace songs. They were... You know, they're in, like calling for a ceasefire in solidarity with Palestinian people and as Jewish people and allies. And they were violently dragged off by police from a yeah. Labor minister's office. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, and yet they will still try and paint, the government will still try and paint the narrative as as you know, standing in solidarity with Palestine is is being anti-Semitic and they need to stand. The reason that they are supporting Israel's genocidal actions are mm. because they don't want to be anti-Semitic. Insane. I mean, yes, we've had Australian Jews for a ceasefire uh, signed mm. by Anthony Lowenstein. We can put the link of that in the show notes if you happen to be Jewish and would like to call those, uh, join those calls, I encourage you to check that out. I mean, yeah. The, yeah, the remarkable, as you say, solidarity from mm. from Jewish people, anti-Zionist Jews particularly, mm. who are critiquing this and sort of saying, not in our name, you, yeah. you do not get to wield uh, this the spectre of anti-Semitism in bad faith yeah. to endorse what is happening to Palestinian people yeah. right now. Incredible. In the face of incredible and probably quite fucking like intergenerationally triggering violence, state yes. violence yes. that Jewish people are facing, saying, you know, not a, we don't want like we as Jewish people recognize this for what it is. We recognize racism and ethnic cleansing and not in our name. And then yeah, being fucking beaten and targeted by police and state actors across the globe. Yeah. And remember that most people are on our side here too. I mean, it's hard to sort of zero in on specific polling in Australia when it comes to the question of a ceasefire. YouGov's been doing polling in the UK. 75% of the public want a ceasefire, okay? Mm. So you've got the political class, mm-hmm. you know, arming and ahhing, rigging their, their wrists or full out, you know, endorsing Israel's um, attitude and, and actions right now, you know, full-throated, giving full-throated support to that, whereas the people of mm. of these populations across the West, certainly in the, the Arab world too, overwhelmingly supporting an end to what Israel is doing right yeah. now. So. Keep that in mind. Um, and I, th- I think there was a poll, there's only like 40%, one essential poll, this is the only one that I could find, something like 40% of Australians believe that Israel's response has been proportionate. Okay. So right, that's yeah. 60% of people who do not agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is interesting. Because yet again, the political class is always quite a few steps behind the broader public. Like yeah. it, they, uh, there's certainly, I would say, been a, a, a shift 
uh, in recognition of Palest- like of Palestine and you know the plight of Palestinian people yeah. and maybe a shift against the state of Israel after mm. in recent years you know their actions are more transparently available to for for all to view particularly online um you know with the kind of prevalence of, of social media and yeah and and so like it's no surprise that public sentiment has shifted but politicians are just fucking stuck in whatever 10 years ago yeah um look we need to sort of wrap it up again we, this, this story will continue to develop but there are actions that you can take i emailed my mp uh, Daniel Bellino from Labor got a very pro forma response, a bullshit of like, I, I support Israel's right to defend itself. and uh, But as a father, it's bad the Palestinian kids are uh, dying. As a father. Uh, wonderful stuff. Uh, but look, calling Penny Wong's office, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that that is happening a lot, right? And the pressure there is really um, quite quite full on. We'll put a list of actions that you can take, contacting MPs. Again, these are one of these few um, moments in which actually reaching out, contacting your local MPs, keeping that up pressure is working. Mm-hmm. Already we're seeing, you know, MPs like Tony Burke who lives, who represents sort of Western Sydney, a Western Sydney community with lots of um, um, a large Muslim community and lots of people are very concerned about this, you know, breaking ranks and talking publicly Um Due to due to pressure, due to public pressure from his constituents and and the actions of people across civil society, saying, "Yeah, fuck this shit. This is insane. This is clearly wrong. It's so it's so evident, and we have to resist the the insane amount of propaganda that comes from our political political and media classes that try to convince you of something that you can clearly see with your eyes and your ears, which is mm. this is a genocide, and what is happening now has to stop." Hello, welcome back to Shit Rentals with your boy, Purple Pingers. We've met Geordie Vandenberg before. The TikToker, otherwise known as Purple Pingers, shining a light on the unlivable. The only thing this bathroom is inviting me to is an insane asylum from the 1920s. I'm not a plumber, but I'm pretty sure this is meant to go somewhere. These tenants are paying for a pool on their lease, which used to have sewerage run straight into the pool. Geordie Vandenberg is a lawyer and the man behind the account Purple Pingers, which you probably know from the shit rentals reviews. Um, I know that next weekend, Geordie, you're going to be joining the lineup for this big rally for renters that's being organised by Rahu, the rental and housing union, the Vic Greens and the Victorian Socialists. We wanted to have you on the show uh, just all us homeowners to get together to, to chat about how hard renting is. Shut um, up. So, so thanks for joining us. They're going to kill us after the revolution. Fuck, man. What are you doing? Amazing. This thanks is for us having begging me. not to be guillotined, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, oh, look, we all deserve it. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> go out with a bang. Um, yeah. So you've been doing like reviews, video reviews of shitty rentals for some time mm. and but only it was in September right that you decided to finally launch shitrentals.org which is where tenants or prospective tenants presumably um can go on and, and review agents and rentals mm. and kind of like an equivalent I mean there's there's a, a tenants blacklist that mm-hmm. renters often end up on might not even know that they end up on there mm-hmm. this is like a landlord or agent version of that uh, so yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that and just like how the videos started effectively. Yeah. I understand you started doing them in lockdown, right? Yes. Just from listings online. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was not much to do. So, <laughs> and I was renting. So I was like, you know, mm. spending a lot of time looking at either rentals or 
like properties and it was like wow this is the landscape's not great um mm. and that was three years ago and it has not gotten better mm. would you say it's, it's gotten like worse house? yes it's gotten even yeah. worse right yeah because well, there's like, like the, sorry joey i don't know I, I, was, I was gonna say like i used to be like i used to do this you know in the spare time come across a property be like oh that's funny and it would be really shit and then like a month later i'd be like all right let's do it let's get off my bum and make mm. this video uh, now, if I don't do it like that same day or the next day, it's gone because you know people, people are, are that desperate. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And it's funny, isn't it? Because there's the experience of looking at a rental online, going, "Oh, this place looks nice." Then you go to the inspection, <laughs> you go, oh, "Oh, it's a fucking dump." Yeah. But it's like the housing crisis is so bad, and people are so desperate exactly. that landlords could just be like, "Here's the shithole shit that house. we're charging you yeah, six hundred bucks like a week." Exactly. We don't even have to hide get? it. I do right. have. Yeah. I do have one of those ready to go for you guys. By the way, it's the. Here's the pictures. Oh, actually, you know what? To be oh, fair. Let's say, should fair, we save it as a treat? Bad. Yeah, let's <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, the pictures are bad. Treat. Well, they're, yeah, they're not okay. great, but they're not as bad as it actually is. But mm, yeah. Okay, all right. So you know it's shit, but not that shit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Is it, did you start out only doing, like, were you just doing ones in, in Melbourne? Or I thought there was also like a shit rentals of Sydney yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, there actually was a shit rentals of Sydney. Um, that was a thing and it just disappeared. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but so I was like a lot of, I was making like stupid rental skits, like about yeah. agencies <laughs> and agents just being assholes. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know what, let's go. Let's, um, let's also do this for Melbourne. And then the shit rentals of Sydney thing just disappeared. Hmm. It's like, what's, what's going on? So then I started doing kind of all Anyone over Australia. Found the body of whoever no, used to run know, shit rentals no of Sydney. Is. I would love That's to know some... if anyone knows. <laughs> Concerning. He, he had an accent, so um, and mm. I can't remember which accent it was, but mm. okay, yeah. yeah. Some some landlord called him in for deportation or something. Exactly. Yeah. Over. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> um, so you've been doing it for like for years, but I feel yeah. like it really these videos kind of ramped up around the start of this year, right? Was there a particular reason that you started doing, you know, focus on focusing on it more? Yeah. So it kind of turned into. Um, I wanted to do like people would send me their stories as renters mm. and I wanted to do like some advocacy for them. So I wanted to, you know, go tell their story because, you know, I'm a straight white man who owns a house so I can do that. And unfortunately most of the time they can't. Um, so, yeah. you know, be people in certain situations that, that have either just left a rental or have just secured a rental um, and in that kind of transition process of moving so it's like the number of people who can tell their story safely on my platform is very little um mm. without re retaliation so um and just the amount of people that were reaching out to me was like too much it was there were so mm. many people just reaching out all the time so i was like it's not really fair that these people have to rely on me to tell their story that you should be able to tell your story without fear of retaliation yeah um, so that's why the website started pretty much yeah yeah cool I mean it's 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 really cool to see when I saw someone had finally done this website because I think maybe there have been some attempts over the yes. years this has been a dream of like many tenants advocacy groups and of the greens as well I don't know if mm. you know this but Jono Sriranganathan up here in Brisbane, right. a Greens councillor, yeah. has been talking about this for ages. Back in right, 2018, see. he actually right. 
did this thing where he was like, I'm going to start using my whatever 9,000 strong yeah. email list that I have as a counselor Sick. to name and shame bad Good. landlords and real estate agents um, in Brisbane and did a, you know, did kind of a media piece about it and an article about it and was talking about, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the purpose of this is to acknowledging that there's this huge power differential mm -hmm. between tenants and landlords. And sure, there are, you know, mechanisms in theory and in the law for mm -hmm. tenants to ask for repairs or to challenge something in court or to go after a landlord. But in reality, the system's totally skewed in mm -hmm. the landlord's favor. And sure, retaliatory evictions might be you know, banned in law, but yeah, everyone but practice, knows they happen. Still on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sudden, I'd yeah. also throw in the example of Tom Cashman, who's made of mine, comedian. Remember, he did mm. that post a little while ago on TikTok. In yeah, which, the reference uh, one. Yeah, references, right? He was sent an email mm. from a, a, a real estate agent saying, you know, the landlord would like to have your references in order for you to rent this property. And Tom simply replied, okay, can I please send the landlord's references as well to make sure that they're a good landlord and that yeah. I, as a human being who happens to be in this relationship, can also scope out uh, the landlord's background? And he was yeah. told no. And that went massive, yeah. like massively viral because it's such a clear illustration of the fucking feudal relationship exactly. between <laughs> property owners and other human beings who need houses to live, need to you know yeah. suck their genitals in order to survive <laughs> if, if you will yeah. but then and he was denied rentals after that because it's like oh mm, that probably that's not even yeah that's that's nothing that he did yeah. absolutely he's like i'm gonna really make a little joke here yeah exactly yes. beautiful yeah. it's like oh well, don't really like you you <laughs> you ask for something like piss off well, yeah. exactly. And like, it's, it, it's like, you know, what power does a renter actually have in that mm. situation? They can make a mm. little joke. They can, you know, I guess worst case scenario, yeah, a renter can like damage your property or, mm. or something like that. They cannot pay rent. Mm. Landlords have the power to make you homeless. Exactly. Like that is just a fundamental power difference that I feel only in the last, you know, maybe year or so is starting to actually be recognized in this country. Mm. Mm. And like, even then, like by a select few, I think- like not like it's a it's a human right and we've just commodified it and it's like there's the protections that exist unenforced so mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean anything yeah like we yeah sure and like if you look at the the uh one of the most recent labor conferences they voted on whether or not housing is a human right like bro yeah. we signed that that's done why are we it's the year 2023 of our lord <laughs> what are we doing here no, the yeah, well, we're, they're doing labor. I mean, I'm I'm curious. Obviously, we <laughs> we're a podcast that Tom and I are both Greens members. Like a lot of the time, we talk from a Greens perspective, and we very closely followed the debate over the Housing Australia Future Fund bill. Hmm. And as you would know, the Greens really tried to run a big campaign for renters' rights off the back yeah. of that. Do you think, like, from your perspective as someone who is also from like a little bit of a different angle, working on renters' rights, hmm. like, what impact did that? you know, elect like parliamentary political debate have on that consciousness of renters and, and the work you were doing? Yeah, well, absolutely. Like there, there's definitely been a shift and I don't know what to attribute it to, but that mm. was a fairly large and important conversation. Um, but there's been a shift in opinion and like kind of the bravery of people to speak up about their renting situations. That's how I've realized it. That's the symptom for me. Mm. Um, but also like a shift in anger towards landlords that that used to mm. not be that wasn't so much of a thing like I've always been angry at landlords yeah. but not everyone has yeah so there's definitely been 
yeah, a shift in opinion, and I think it's a good one for sure. Yeah. Well, well there's an explicit goal of Max Chandler Mather, right, our housing spokesperson, who's I think, yeah, we all agree has done a pretty fucking amazing job mm-hmm. of politicizing this and fostering a level of class consciousness, right, yeah. amongst mm-hmm. renters as a renting exactly. class. We talk about there are a third of Australians to recognize their place in this crazy system, mm-hmm. to remind them that they have rights and that at least through the political system and through some kind of organizing and through funny and important, you know, campaigns like shit rentals, mm. we can, we could, yes, stand up for ourselves. Again, I'm not a renter anymore, but uh, they <laughs> yeah, can stand yeah. up for ourselves. themselves and I can stand yeah. in solidarity. And again, exactly. do not put me up against the wall. And um, <laughs> we're, I'm one of the good ones. We've talked about this. <laughs> but, we could None of us are landlords, right? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I have, I have a livid landlord, but you know, we're all, we're all <laughs> okay. good friends. And it's very reasonable, Red. And um, you're fine, aren't you, Kevin? Kevin's <laughs> <laughs> got furious eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm curious to know, like, through doing these videos, what, um, or even with the the, the website, mm. the real world impacts of that that you've seen. You know, I, I'm. I want to know whether these reviews could ultimately be used in, for example, like a tribunal case if a tenant mm. were to take um, their landlord to court or even just to, you know, actually finally get something fixed and that sort of thing after it's been exposed. Yeah, look, I've definitely seen both sides of the coin. Um, So Mm. I'm seeing, you know, people use it to, um, like after I've done a video, I've seen a bunch of listings get removed. That's quite common um, because, hey, maybe let's not list this. Also, um, I've started changing like the title of the video is no longer like shit rentals in whatever. It's, you know, 170 Gilly Street, mm, Fairfield, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the agency's name. So, like, you're typing that in, that's what that's what's going to come up. It's really yeah, great. Love <laughs> that. Big fan. Um, so but they take these also- properties off. You're actually reducing supply through this shit okay. rentals. Yeah, that's, that's what you're doing, Jordy. That's exactly what I'm doing. Wow. And you don't understand anything. How not allowing you? landlords to do the right thing and rent out their <laughs> shitholes where you will to provide die. provide housing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, Sorry about that. But, yeah, I do get that a lot as well. I'm reducing supply. Like, yeah, I'm reducing fucking death traps. I think yeah. that's fair. <laughs> like, so, uh, you can live there if you want. It's still, like, you can still do it. You can Just still maybe do it. don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, I've, um, you know, we've had conversations about what your rights are, who you can talk to, if you need representation at VCAT, all that kind of thing. Um, help people create timelines and support supporting documentation for VCAT cases and that kind of thing. But I've also had landlords in their eviction notices reference videos of mine, like to evict people for unsafe, like (sighs) Section 91 ZL in Victoria um, is the unsafe, unfit for habitation eviction thing. Yeah. It's like these, and I've not raised issues that the landlord didn't know about. It's Mm. just I'm yeah, I'm they're doing not actually publicly. doing an eviction because they're worried about the renter's no, safety exactly. and well-being. Exactly, yeah. and like you can't, you can't. That's not supporting documentation <laughs> that is approved. <laughs> you can't just reference a TikTok video. Like you can't. They literally reference a TikTok video. It's like required evidence attached. Like, yes, this link. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing disclosure to my friends when I send them TikToks to watch. That's actually me disclosing evidence. Exactly. Yeah. Can we um maybe fill out the picture of these death traps a little bit, like just broadly? What what's the most common things that you see? What's the worst shit that you've seen? How shit are these shit rentals? Can you you paint that picture a little bit for us, John? Yeah. Um. 
I don't know where to say. Like a big one's always mold. There's just mold mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. That's always that's always a thing, and it's never disclosed. Like um, real estate agents legally have to disclose whether there's been a mold issue or a mold complaint that was mm-hmm. structural over three three years prior. Um, never disclosed, and there's always one. Um, yeah. Things like just raw asbestos, like exposed asbestos, all over the place. In oh like, good splashbacks and stuff like that just really good like um a a really common one is the water heater will have a exposed asbestos flu um so that's really fun don't lick that um (laughs) a lot of (laughs) a lot of lead paint that i just don't cover because it's like yeah that's lead. that's a thing as well it's that's (laughs) fine um and then then we get to like in victoria you have to do um, mandatory gas and electrical safety checks every two years um, and you have to provide the dates of the most recent one um, and whether or not there were any kind of things raised in the gas and electrical safety checks mm. prior to the tenant moving in. Um, they always say yes. Uh, they're never done. Also, there's like pretty significant fines um, for not doing that. Uh, and the Victorian government has never prosecuted a single landlord for um, wow. not doing that. But yeah, cool. like I went to one last week where the switchboard was like older than my grandparents and like it was quite clearly had cotton cabling and the, you know, they did have a gas person come in and say, look, I'm really glad there's so many holes in this house because um, otherwise we'd have a CO2 poisoning kind of thing. So yeah. Um, Fuck. It's great. It's really good. And then there's, like, then there's the fun stuff like stained carpets and roofs falling in and stuff like that. That's, that's more like um, – that's more visually atrocious <laughs> right. but probably not going to kill you. There's the things mm. that are going to kill you that you don't see as much that are less, less funny in a video yeah. but they're the serious ones. Um, yeah. Yeah leaks yeah and they discount they take money off for all that right like they make it cheaper Absolutely they say okay factoring in all these like stains and stuff if anything oh, it makes okay, it more expensive <laughs> it's just adds character really. yeah it's, right, it's right, a right. quaint practically heritage home. or should be exactly. heritage listed so you know yeah it's unique yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't do lead paint like this anymore no exactly um, can't, you can't buy this at the shops <laughs> that's right yeah one of a kind yeah <laughs> i mean i think yeah i actually thought that was interesting like I, I think probably a lot of people who are maybe looking for a house or a rental would do well to watch your videos and know what to look for. Because when I was having a little watch over, some of the things I was like, oh, I wouldn't have known to mm. to look for that. And particularly, yeah, the safety stuff. Like it's not, as you say, it's not as funny as the the visual stuff a lot of the time mm. or as the the real estate agent editing tricks. I always oh, like, yeah. you know, when they've got the, <laughs> the pictures online that are just kind of vaguely blurred like yeah. what's that's, going on there buddy yeah, you're like what is that what yeah. what happened there um quite bleak um. i but just going back to like you know we're talking about the impact of of doing this this work and there's positive and negative impacts and that, like just the huge backlash that yeah. you've got from rent uh sorry not from renters from from landlords and from agents particularly after doing shit rentals.org mm. like what other most kind of unhinged responses that you've received i had a real estate agent call me like 20 times over the course of a day that was pretty funny jesus um 
and like just lots lots of threats. Real estate agents, they don't get called out very often. Um, mm. So when they do, it's like pretty big uh, for them. So then they, cu- they come out like on the attack and that's not a really like, it's not a really good way to approach anything. Um, like if you like, th- there's been plenty where I was like, you know, let's work together. What are you going to do to fix this? And then we'll, I'll talk about removing the video and we can yeah. like make it work for the tenant. That's great. Um, and then there's some the like just straight out offered money to take a video down. <laughs> and there's some that are like, I'm going to sue you. Enough money? Uh, the most I think has been 200 bucks, which oh, like. Tell them they're dreaming. Exactly. You it's like, first of all, let's make well, that Well, the median 10, rent 000. is 560 a week. Exactly. So at least a week's rent. Yeah. Come exactly. on. And then we'll consider it. But also that <laughs> just before that. This has ruined my life. You like mm. destroyed my business. Blah 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 blah. Really um, struggling. You yeah. can have two hundred bucks to take the video down. Is it really ruined <laughs> yeah. your life? Yeah. Has it? Like mm. no, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, it wouldn't take money unless it was like ten thousand dollars, and I give it to the tenant because I think that's <laughs> like, we're all winning here. Yeah, that would be a good outcome. I, I'm curious, like, do you reckon that agents or landlords are worse? I feel like there's often, there's a landlord thing where they will say, it's not me, it's the agent. I didn't know that all this was happening. It's not my fault. But ultimately mm. it's like, you are a landlord, you are profiting from this and in, like engaging in this, you know, exactly. this arrangement. Yeah. I I personally don't think there's any point differentiating between <laughs> them um, because they're the same. They're the gatekeepers for a human right and they, they deny access based on whims that they have or like whether or not they're racist. That's the thing that mm. happens. Um, but like there are, there are definitely themes that certain like that applies to agencies rather than agencies or agents rather than landlords. And that is, yeah. you know, um, agencies will often not tell landlords about repair issues because they just don't one, don't want to, two, can't forgot bullet. three, exactly. Can't be fucked. And then, like, for some of the their uh, remuneration is based on how many, like, how, ma- how many reports and stuff they do. So, oh. um, they get, some of them have, like, bonus practices in place based on those kind of things. Um, so, they're like, well, I'm not going to tell the landlord. The landlord wants to know if they're, generally speaking, the landlord wants to know if their property is falling apart. Surely. Like, tell them that. That is your job. Um, and... Then there's also landlords where the agent will be like, gas and electrical safety checks are a legal requirement. You have to do this. Otherwise, you can get a fine. The landlord's like, how much is a fine? Uh, <laughs> and the real estate agent's like, uh, they've never actually handed one out. So and I was um, like, good to know. Thank exactly. you. Please Cheers. proceed. Thank you very much. No <laughs> can shit. I bribe the government to not worry exactly. about the fine? Yeah. Well, yeah. And like a fine, a fine is, is just means it's legal for a rich person. And landlords mm-hmm. are rich people. Mm-hmm. So, like, make a jail time and then we'll do – I'll do, a, like, a, a private prosecution because the government's not doing it. You can take – Make them have to live in the property. Exactly. That, that's their jail. That's their prison. Exactly. I mean, again, in no way do I want to uh, foster any, any sympathy for these people either. But I, when I was researching my book too, you just come across these, like, these structural points too. Like, I think mm. the average real estate agent is looking after – like something in the order of 80 or 100 properties at any one point, like a single person. And obviously mm. you just, you just can't do that. You can't no. look up. Yeah. That's impossible. And as we heard from that 
fucking psycho who called into Ben Fordham's um, call-in mm. show who has 283 yeah. properties that I, <laughs> I assume he's using a whole bunch of agents to look after. But it's like, of course, no one person can be across all no. the needs of maintaining those 283 properties, yeah. you fucking psycho. Yeah, so, yeah. so actually yeah. limiting how many fucking houses people can own might actually exactly. be a good like, idea. Do we have that we for teachers? <laughs> teachers <laughs> yeah. And like like education is also a human right. So like um, let's let's apply that. To and like that's the thing we don't have corporate landlords in Australia to an extent that we do to the same extent that we mm. do in America. But mm. if we did, you wouldn't have one asshole who wears too much hair gel managing like four hundred <laughs> rental properties. Yeah. So like, I think corporate landlordism is a terrible thing. But also, you'd probably get someone responding to an email if it did happen because it is an entire corporation's mm. job to do that rather that's- than. Kevin. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> point. Like I think we've kind of had this conversation before about, yeah, the way that landlordism has transformed over time mm. and particularly with like the creation or, you know, the real <laughs> valorization of the mm. mum and dad landlord ideal in Australia. Mm. And it you probably as well would get the the attack that it's like you are painting all landlords as evil, but what about the good what about the good landlords, Shorty? Mm. Yeah. Good thing. landlords exist, don't they? No such they? thing as a good landlord. Yeah. No, absolutely not. It's like there's so many good critiques of landlords from whether or not you're, you know, capitalist, Marxist, your chairman Mao, no matter <laughs> no matter who you are, there are excellent critiques of landlords that I'm not going to add to because I don't mm. need to. It's been done throughout history. You, don't, you provide no value. You gatekeep a human right. You gatekeep housing. What like it's if we're going to be like what about the good what about the good workers who built the property for someone <laughs> to live in and now you are just holding it over someone's head and raising the rent every two seconds like mm-hmm. no yeah there's no like yeah and then also there's no such thing as a good real estate agent you're all class traders that's just <laughs> no yeah sorry all right glad we cleared that up um- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Kevin you can live here for free I love you. <laughs> So just briefly before maybe <laughs> that we'll, is not legally binding. I want to make that <laughs> not legally binding. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, we have got. I don't know. That was recorded. Uh, <laughs> you're a lawyer, is that? Yeah, Jordy, is that admissible in court? <laughs> I, don't, I didn't see any um, acceptance of the offer. So mm. yes, mm, yeah, okay, we'll fine. So okay. I, love, I love how you like real estate agents or a class trader. Anyway, I'm a lawyer. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not practicing. To be fair, I'm not. I'm admitted. Okay, I'm not practicing. So. Okay. Good. Good. You're boycotting right. the legal system. Like, wow. Exactly. Fuck them. Very brave of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what are the, you know, is, is there a quick kind of like I, I've seen you recently talking about, you know, this is the problem and this is why we actually need legislative action from mm. the state government, particularly in Victoria, because that's where you live and where you're focused. But what do you think are the reforms or the changes that that immediately need to happen to at least improve this kind of predatory relationship, make things a little bit better for renters. Yeah, I think there's there's little like lots of little wins that we could do. There's some big things that we needed. Like we need we need long term solutions and we need short term like relief at the moment mm. because people are struggling right now and nothing offered by any of the governments is offering short term relief for renters. Mm. Um, so like there's there's lots of things. Like I could name I could spend hours talking about 
solutions. We could, you know, ban Airbnb. That's set, over seventy percent of Airbnbs were previously long term rentals. So um, flood mark with them. Um, that the only time we see any action on Airbnbs is uh, we'll take Melbourne's um, the the city of Melbourne's Lord Mayor Sally Cap used to be on the board of Nelson Alexander, which is the largest kind of privately owned real estate agency in Victoria. Um, she's recently put you know, caps on Airbnbs, Airbnbs, previously long-term rentals. That's going to massively benefit Nelson Alexander as the largest <laughs> provider of housing in Victoria. True. Um, that's the only time we ever see any movement when there's some some gain for someone in some back pocket kind of move. It's disgusting. But things like that, absolutely, we could, you know, put like actually enforce, like the laws in Victoria are some of the best in Australia enforce mm. them and then see yeah. and then we can start having a new conversation like it's let's have we don't we don't like you're like oh we've got to change the laws i'm like we've got to change the laws but actually that's gonna do fucking nothing if you don't if actually enforce enforced. the laws mm. like find a landlord send them to jail do all once. that kind of stuff just yeah as a test just like, one yeah <laughs> do, pick one make a really big example of it and then see what happens like maybe we'll get some well, significant you know, let's, improvements. Let's, let's be judicious where we're choosing who the landlords are. You know, let's let's go off the really bad ones. And let's just remember the, <laughs> right, the, yeah, the Tom, nice okay, ones we, in the Footscray area. Right? Just <laughs> we could just pick the closest one visually for me on my screen right now. Uh, maybe start exactly. there. <laughs> but there's there's also there's a, also a massive cultural change that needs to happen, um, rather than just small legislative um, and what mm. kind of local council amendments. Like we when we Australia is built on stolen land. Um, that's what. That's how it started. And the type of people who gained land or who stole that land would have never owned land in the UK where they came from. Even today, 70% mm-hmm. of the land in the UK is owned by the aristocracy. So it's very much, a, oh, I'm going to grab something. Um, it's now mine. I'm going to hold on to that slash increase that. And then we have, you know, the migrant story to Australia, which is, um, work really hard, own land, um, and you're successful. So we've got this massive baked-in cultural issue of land ownership is part of our identity, mm-hmm. even though it's all stolen. Yeah, and that's a that's a problem that we need to address. Yeah, and it's sure. the only route to stability for for a lot of people because you know you're not going to gain stability through actually working because wages mm. are shit and exactly. we live under a capitalist society. Exactly. So. Yeah. If your investment property in, like makes more money than you do at work, why would you mm. work? Like, yeah, that's yeah. dumb. Having said that, I assume at this rally for renters that you're going to be attending and, and certainly the Victorian Greens at the last state election was going with a policy talking about things like rental caps and and that, and that kind of thing. I believe it was rental caps in line with inflation off the top of my head. Yeah, t- 10%, sorry, 10% above inflation. Which, can I just say, why the mm. fuck should it be above inflation? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why right? anyone that, says that. Also, like, like, little bigs. It's, <laughs> housing is the highest measured, uh, like highest weighted, parcel when it comes to measuring inflation so yes. like you would, would like hello <laughs> this is dumb this, this is yeah. it's a, it's if you a want to never inflation. cycle exactly yeah. Yeah. raise the interest rates because inflation is high because of rents being really high like yeah. guys let's mm. just think about this for a second mm. 
<laughs> but if we cap rents, then landlords won't be incentivized to no, exactly. fix the property. And so they'll just let renters die. No, and but, that's uh, and renters' that, problems. No, so they yeah. should continue to pay. <laughs> oh, my God. I, can, I, I literally cannot believe it. Also, if you cap rents without like everyone, whenever we're comparing studies and whatever, it's about mm. cap rents and it's like, well, it reduces supply, blah, blah, blah. We're comparing mm. to countries that don't have, um, first of all, our same colonial history mm -hmm. and cultural desire to steal land. Um, <laughs> but we're comparing countries that don't have the capital gains tax exemption yeah. and don't yeah. have uh, negative gearing to an extent that we do in Australia and don't have a bunch of kind of incentives, tax incentives to um, build, own, rent out, investment properties that's mm -hmm. it's not it's we're not comparing apples to apples so like that's yeah. that's bullshit you can't yeah. like show me a study where you're comparing um a rent cap to another country like in a country where there's capital gains cap tax concessions and negative gearing and first home buyer incentives and a bunch of other shit you can't yeah. Doesn't such exist. a good point. That's such a good point. Um, we are fast running out of time, but we do want you to give us a little tour of a oh, shit yeah. rental, if you don't mind. You know, I'm Excellent. thinking I might pick up some sort, of, might pick up an investment now that I'm a homeowner, <laughs> um, oh. looking for something to rent out. So, <laughs> so here we have 170 Gilly Street in Fairfield. Um, you can tell, like, it's not going to be fantastic uh, if you look at the carpet, but. The rest of the house looks pretty good if you look mm. through the photos. Like it's it's a fine house. There, there's missing a bunch of sheds in the floor plan. They used to have a floor plan and it keeps changing. So this is live. Oh. This is what's listed now. But the first time I checked, there were four sheds out the back. Then this morning there no were – No sheds anymore. There was just one and now there's none. So I don't know what's happening with the sheds. Mysterious. If you look on Google Maps like Google Earth, you can see there's a bunch of sheds in the garden but they're being really funny about the sheds. They're renting out the sheds separately oh, and they're my... disappearing as they're exactly. <laughs> as a studio. Okay, so oh, it looks, looks reasonable nice. on the listing. looks okay. Yeah, yep. so like it's fine. Sure. And, and yeah, like if you look, there's a, there's a picture in what looks like a living room. Um, there's, uh, I think it's this, there's the first, oh, I don't know. One of the pictures has a living room. There is a living room in the, in the <laughs> in the floor plan yep. okay um but there's in all the pictures if you have a look at the ceiling the ceiling looks pretty good uh -huh. yeah looks it fine looks looks like it's doing its job yeah but then if you look at the tenant who just moved out a couple days ago who sent these photos in yeah. um, okay. and you look at let's go living that's room. the um, oh. wait so okay when are those photos from do you think the ones the, on the listing. Usually the last time the property was sold. So that's often like over 10 years ago. So we're looking um, at the roof here and the roof is exposed or it's just got wooden yeah, beams? Yeah, there's like it's beams falling. that it's, seem to have it. It was like sagging pretty tremendously and um, they, I guess they did that. They've nailed beams, just just strips of wood yeah, onto the ceiling hold, to yeah, try and structural. hold it up. And, yeah, like the full the skirting board is basically all ripped away. There's like a gap where the skirting board was that goes into the roof cavity, I suppose. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this is so that's quite terrifying. Halloween movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just the paint is all peeling away. Uh, it looks like this roof could fall on you at any moment and whatever's living up there would also fall on you too. Exactly. And, <laughs> it, like, this is what it looks like now. So 
Um, Burn this carpet. You're not a fan of this carpet. Uh, that that does not look flat either. That really looks like it's a little bit lumpy. A mysterious patch. Oh. oh. The um. So the the guy was moving out um and had uh. He says he thinks the cleaner was Russian, but he said in broken English that the carpet needs to be vanquished. Was his words <laughs> vanquished? <laughs> oh no. The carpet needs an exorcism. Oh, Oh, there's a mysterious, there's a hole in the wall. Is that, what's that from, that hole in the wall? I think that's the handle of the door. Like there's no doorstop. No, yeah, okay, classic. How much money am I paying for this wonderful property, Geordie? What it was? 600 and something? $610 per week. More cracks in the wall. That looks like the the roof is about to fall. Oh, there's a. That's the, that is. On the wall. That is not on the ceiling. That is a vent somewhere that doesn't really lead to anything. It's just a oh, thing. Just a random vent. Not closed properly. You can just like, Good. If you sma- sma- slam the door too hard, it'll open. Place is terrifying. Okay, we're going into laundry. All right, we've got yet more peeling paint, clearly water damage. Like, yeah. But just weird also nothing like the photos. Yeah. Like, no. Not at all. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you think that they're hoping that either people are so desperate that they apply for it sight unseen or that they rock up to the inspection and there are a million other people and they're just pressured mm. into yeah, well, applying for it without looking? Someone will take it and like they know they're going to waste most people's time by listing this place, but someone will accept it. So they, Great. The, the people's time that they waste, they don't give a shit about quite clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, what a depressing state of affairs. <laughs> how good. Well, but that just shows how the important work that Chip Rentals is doing, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the kind of, yes, yeah, and, and the reaction to it, the response from the landed gentry is very encouraging because clearly it matters. And thank God there are people uh, such as yourself, Purple Pingers, and the people who submit to shiprentals.org to hold these people to account, God damn it. Um, it's a temporary approach to alleviate the horrors of the housing crisis. But, yes, we need long-term solutions, as you say, and temporary relief. If you want to join Purple Pingers and the Victorian Greens and uh, Rahu, uh, if you're in Melbourne, on Saturday, November the 11th at 1 p.m. on the corner of Smith and Gertrude Streets, that's when the Rally for Renters is happening. We'll put the link to the Facebook event in the show notes if people want to come along. And, and people can submit, right? People can always get in touch with you and submit their Absolutely. shitty rentals. Right, Jordy? Anytime. Absolutely. Sick. Well, um, I guess you should probably go. Aren't you like about yeah. to get married or Getting something? Getting married tomorrow, Bella. Please <laughs> stop eating my computer screen. Um, is that yeah. your fiance is eating your computer screen? No, Bella? that is my cat. One of three cats. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, yeah. Also, the one who was vomiting in the back. That's just that was your fiance so, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Would you believe? Not, we are, yeah, we're getting married. Yeah, she's tomorrow, got cold so feet. Really excited. She's, not, she's yeah. not excited about this marriage. <laughs> vomiting, eating computer screens. She's not ready. <laughs> really concerning. It's a, it's a stressful time. Thank you so much for exactly. making time for us before, yeah, what I understand will probably be one of the biggest days of your life. So Damn right. Yeah, no, big fan. So <laughs> excellent. Cheers. Thanks, Jerry. All right, enjoy. See you. Thanks for having me. and dining rooms with a lovely flow for entertaining. Uh-huh. And, ooh, looks like a loose nail. Eh, one out of 25 ain't bad. Your beautiful kitchen, Ned, just as you remember it. 
Was that the was that toilet always next to the refrigerator? Uh-huh, Nat. You ever try lugging the toilet up a flight of stairs? Lisa and I built your room. But I don't like this clown. Uh, I wouldn't take it down if I were you. It's a load-bearing poster. Now, this is the room with electricity. But it has too much electricity. So, I don't know. You might want to wear a hat. Uh-huh. Floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. Oh, something is definitely wrong with this hallway. Come on in! It's your master bedroom! Ow, my nose! Yes, if you're in Melbourne, get along to that rally next weekend, 1 p.m. Saturday, November the 11th at the corner of Smith and Gertrude Streets. Don't know where that is. Must be a Melbourne thing. Um, but go stand up <laughs> for, for renters. Uh, other call to action this week, as we said in the segment just before, to stand in solidarity with Palestinian people and to try to push for a ceasefire, contact your senator, contact Penny Wong's office, contact your federal MP. Other things you can do are, you know, get involved in the boycotts that the BDS movement are calling for, some of the big ones, SodaStream, Siemens, Puma, HP, uh, the other big ones that particularly in relation to their support for the State of Israel's actions in this current war on Gaza, Domino's, McDonald's, Pizza Hut and Hungry Jack's. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are multiple rallies and public meetings still happening on quite a regular basis. So if you can keep an eye on what's happening in your city or town and go to a rally and show up in, in solidarity and make it clearer and clearer to the political class that they can't continue to support Israel's, you know, ethnic cleansing and violence in in Gaza without consequence. Mm. Yes, and God, yes, love and solidarity to everyone who has already done that. We mentioned the uh, Jewish Collective taking those actions, but I mean, mm. yeah, the, the, and the smearing of hundreds of thousands of people taking to the streets to stand in solidarity. Yeah, I'm like the idea, the, the the discourse in the UK is just like, oh, you know, this is all pro Hamas rallies. Like, this just yeah, they're losing, right. they're losing yeah. that argument, and the more. Uh, regularly those uh, rallies are kept up and people turn out for it like that that just has those critiques will wither away and they'll be exposed to what they are which is very very bad faith arguments yeah just quickly on a slightly lighter note as well if you're in Manjin, brisbane uh the council campaigns are obviously well underway in queensland and there's a comedy night fundraiser to kick the lmp out of holland park ward on wednesday the 22nd of november at the holland park sports club with matt ford ting lim and mandy nolan tickets are 25 concession or 30 full price and we'll put the link in the show notes um, that'll be a fun one to get along and yeah, replace the current LNP councillor with a brand new First Nations man, Greens candidate, um, fantastic candidate. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. Go to seriousdangerpod.com for all your serious danger needs and we will catch you soon. We're getting close to 100 episodes. It's coming. Maybe next week we will have a, a little special announcement about something that we've been working on as well. Here's me doing a little teaser, a little sizzle. Sizzle. <laughs> sizzle. Bye-bye. Bye. This is a serious danger, Australia.